Five, four, three, two, one. Let's go. It's so, so true. I'm the storyteller, dropping the realness from my experience. HLS in the building, mean boundaries, we ain't never been friends. Yeah, it's the logical genius. I don't think you're ready for this knowledge I'm about to drop. You are now listening to My Five Cents. My Five Cents. My Five Cents Podcast. And welcome, welcome, welcome back to another edition of the My Five Cents Podcast. Uh, First and foremost, fellas, I got one question for you all is, are y'all ready to get this L? There you go. No. Okay. That's that's just exactly how. It's not happening today. That's I exactly for HLS because L is in his name. Ooh. So L is automatic for him, but I, I don't see that happening for me. It's not in All my right. stars. Well, we'll see. Uh, we're going to get right into it. We got big guests today. Well, all of our guests are big, but this guest is big. And she was born in Washington, D.C. and grew up in Maryland. She graduated from the University of Maryland College Park with a BA in English and graduated a year later from the University of South Alabama with an MA in creative writing and English literature. She's an American actress. She's an author. She's a director. You might call her a Jackie of all trades. She has been featured in shows like Friends. She's been in movies such as Django Unchained, Kill Bill 2, Enemy of the State, and countless others. She reps New Orleans to the fullest. No love. Welcome to the show, Miss Laura Cayouette. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Applause, applause, applause. I wasn't even asking. That's amazing. <laughs> ah, thank you, thank you. And that, that's, that's, that's a little French in me. Don't worry about it. That's a little French. <laughs> we do our research here on the show. We practice. I like it. I like it. All right. So I, I'm going to get this started because you are a versatile person. And one of the things that I didn't include in your bio, but I really wanted to talk to, true or false, first and foremost, you were a DJ back in the day? I was a nightclub DJ on right. M Street in Georgetown. Wow. Wow. What was your DJ name? <laughs> now, I didn't give myself a DJ name because, you know, look, I was the first female nightclub DJ in DC, as far as I know, and nobody's ever disputed that. So oh, there you go. As far as I okay. know, I was the one. And it was the dawn of, of rap. And okay. we didn't even have we didn't even call it hip hop yet. So it was mm-hmm, like break dancing and all that era, you know, Curtis Blow. And all. so it was yeah. back in the back in the day. And I was also the first that I know of white person who did beat mixing. Wow. So, really? Yeah. So wow. I didn't give myself a name. I was too busy trying to be something that had never existed before. Okay. But other people, barriers. Well, I didn't know I was. I didn't know it was a barrier. I didn't know. <laughs> That's a lot of things in my life that I've been the first at or I didn't know I wasn't allowed. And then somebody's like, oh, you know, you're the only one. Right. So um, but what other people would call me was either the dancing DJ. That was the most common one because I would dance. All night. And oh yeah, and we had back in the day it was happy feet because we did the, you know, it was the um before bounce, there the okay. pre-house music before bounce was mm-hmm. in DC, it was go-go. So yes. yeah. 
So I was back in that day as well. So dancing DJ was the name that most people called me and, and that I would definitely answer to. And the other was the Queen of M Street. Queen of M Street. Those are pretty good names. Yeah, yeah good those good are. Names. Very impressive. Very impressive. Wow. I tried to own it. I tried to, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but it was an interesting time to be a DJ too, because like back then, you know, you could clear the floor for break dancers and they would come mm. and put on a show in your nightclub. I, it, I don't know. It was an interesting time in music altogether. Like Prince was everything. That yeah, 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 yeah. You know? And then when it wasn't him, it was like a little Madonna, a little bit of Bruce Springsteen, but it was like Prince, you know, like it was a lot going on and things were changing in a lot of ways. And I was ready for change, I think, faster than some other people. And then other things mm -hmm. that I was like, oh, let's leave this the same. So, you know, <laughs> so it was an interesting time to be a part of the music culture and to be a DJ and to be, you know, I get to be excited that I helped an artist start. How did you get into becoming a DJ? Like, how did you all of a sudden say, waking up, I could be a DJ? I mean, was music was always your your thing? Or did you just no. I, did, the, um, did the previous DJ call out and like, hey, Laura, can you DJ tonight? You know, it was, how did yeah, that work? I'm going to have to say some illegal things to tell this story, but that's all right. Uh, can't get me now. Can't get me now. It's too late. Okay. Statue um, of limitations, was, right? <laughs> so when I was uh, in college, my freshman year, I'm, I'm a scholarship kid. So, uh, so okay. by the way, okay. yes, let these people have their student loan money back. But anyway, mm. I was a scholarship kid. And so one of the two of my scholarships were uh, academic and need based that I didn't have to pay back. And then one of my scholarships was a work based scholarship. Okay. So I had to work it off yep. while I was yep. in school. So that one, I originally had a job working in the information booth of my university. And then the, <laughs> that job, I don't remember what happened to it, but in any case, I ended up having to leave that job. And so I right in the lobby below the information booth was the radio station. So I applied there. Oh, and, wow. Yeah. And so I got a job working at the radio station in the promotions department. And I helped put together parties and concerts. Like we had a Peter Frampton was trying to revitalize his career. And really okay. through this Peter Frampton concert for 98 <laughs> cents a ticket. And everything. like, it was insane. 98 um, cents a ticket. Okay. That's, that's, yeah, that's like the cost of yeah. paper now of 98 rock was helping us host this uh, they were co-producing it with us so anyway um yeah so um yeah i did a i think a molly hatchet concert or something wow. <laughs> no it was an interesting pretty cool sky, pretty crack cool. sky from back in the day um but anyway so i was working in the promotions department and then one day somebody needed a substitute dj on the air and they said you know just need a warm body you just need to like play albums you know mm -hmm, and uh, mm -hmm. i said all right well I had sat in with a few of the DJs for fun. So I was like, all right, well, I guess I can push play. You know, I can, <laughs> they have carts and stuff. You would throw the carts in the machine yeah. for the ads and all. I was like, yeah, I can run this. So I, I ran the booth and I did that, you know, whenever somebody would get sick. And then one day I was at this, this is the illegal part. I was at this nightclub, I'm all <laughs> of 18. And I'm at this nightclub and back then the drinking age was 18, but it was a nightclub I had been going to, I'm tall. So it was a nightclub I'd been going to since I was 16, I think. Oh, <laughs> oh man. We, we've all been there. We've all snuck into nightclubs, <laughs> you know, fake IDs or whatever. We've all been guilty. Of I mean, that. look, if the guy has to, if the bouncer has to look up to you, he doesn't card you as often, you know, and I'm <laughs> tall. 
And so, you are tall. You're about 5'10", right? I am. That's really tall. So, well, it's taller than most average bear. So, you know, <laughs> so, so yeah, so I'm at this nightclub <laughs> hanging out with my friends and I saw a Help Wanted sign and I knew the DJ they had always had there. He was the most famous DJ on the East Coast. And I was like, wait, that guy's leaving? And so that I had to absorb the impact of, oh no, our favorite guy's leaving. But then I, I was like, well, I want to do that. And I'm qualified, I guess, because I do it at the radio station. And go, yeah, the resume. So, yeah, so that that was what made me think. Well, why wouldn't I? And and then of course, once I started trying to get the job, then I found out all the reasons you're not supposed to be some little girl trying to get a DJ job at a nightclub. <laughs> but I got it, great and I'm story. still friends today with my boss. Wow, oh, that's, that's amazing. That's amazing. that's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. So let's transition into acting, right? You've been in a variety of roles a variety of different characters how do you adjust the mindset from from going to something like the django going back to the past and and uh you know dealing with whatever racial uh, or cultural stigma they may have to the movie right and then you also are in kill bill and that's like a, an uh i would say a, a modern day kung fu flick or enemy of the state which is like an espionage like how do you transition from character to character to character and do you ever take it home with you I'm going to start with the last question and you'll have to remind me if I forget the first question. Once I get it. <laughs> this one's a little traumatizing. No, honestly, because I, I always thought that as long as I said no to the things that I knew I couldn't handle or wouldn't want to take home with me, that I'd be fine. And anybody that's familiar with my career knows I don't have a problem with sex scenes and I don't have a problem with violence, but I don't do anything that has sex and violence together. Mm. And okay. yeah, because that's not sexy to me and, and the people who it is sexy to, I don't want them to know I exist. Yeah. So that's deep. yeah, that's deep. So I'm cautious about making sure that I don't play characters that I can't just, you know, shake it off. And there was this part, little part, little, little part, like one day of work that was up in Shreveport, you know, which is. 10 hour drive or you take a plane. So, you know, it's a little bit of an effort and it was a little part and I was like, oh, but I had auditioned for this big part. I had auditioned for one of the leads and, and I didn't get it. And then they brought me in for another lead and I didn't get that. And then they brought me in for another, uh, oh no, that was it. They brought me in for two of the leads and I didn't get either. And then they called and they offered me this little part. And normally I would say, well, great. I'm glad you guys are trying so hard to get me into your movie. That's very flattering. But when I saw the part, now I know what to call her. But back then, I didn't know what to call her. She was a Karen. Oh, oh. whoa, hey, whoa, watch out, Karen. Yeah, and I don't mean about the racism part, because Karens were originally just the let me see your manager people. Mm -hmm. yeah. She has decided that this guy molested her kid, and so she's going to destroy his world over it, and she's wrong. Oh, wow. yeah. And so so the scene is the boy's mom coming to my house, begging for mercy for her child. And I am hosting my own child's birthday party. And I say mean things into until she cries. Oh, yeah. I need to see this movie. Ah, so. It was okay. You know the the redhead in Mad Men. Yes. Yeah. 
that gorgeous, wonderful woman who plays Christina that Hendricks, gorgeous, right? yes. wonderful. Yes, yeah. her. I had to yell at her and tell her what crap she was until she cried all day. So as a, as a follow-up to that, is there like a moral code or boundary when looking at these roles and taking these roles? Look, honestly, I turned it down six times. Really? But on the sixth time, the my agent called and said, look, they the producers would like to talk to you. And I don't normally give out numbers, but they really, they're not going to let this go. Will you talk to them? And I said, well, this is getting absurd. So at this point, I need to know why are you stalking me? It's a mm-hmm. small part, 10 hours yeah. away. Get somebody local. Yeah. And so... So I said, yes, have them call me. And when the woman called, I said, look, I've been you. I'm going to just, because I've produced before. And I, I said, I've been you. Just tell me, are you allowed to hang up without me saying yes? And she said, no. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, then I need to understand who is making you do this? Because my assumption, and this will make you sad. <laughs> my assumption was that it was some guy dialing for divas. Like some guy trying to figure out, okay, I want to have this. I'm shopping for a female to have Mm -hmm. sex with. And this one is Mm -hmm. the next one on my list. And so I need her up here so that she's closer to me so I can have sex with her and then be done. That's a thing. That's That's what I thought. I thought I was being QVC'd, you know, like I thought I was being ordered. Like, so I said, you know, who's making you do this? Who's making you not let me say no? And she said, Charlie's Theron. And I said, Oh, really? Okay, I'll be right there. <laughs> that, that took a twist. Yeah, yeah, definitely plot twist with that one. Yeah, I didn't see that one coming. Yeah. Like, this is going to be very tragic right now. Very Right? Very well, it was a plot but... twist for me because oh, my I, goodness. I honestly thought it was some, you know, thing I was too used to. And so when I found out it was a woman and not just any woman, but a woman I compete with a lot back in the day when I was still back in LA, I would compete with her all the time because we're both tall, fair haired, you know? So, yeah. So when I found out it was somebody I compete with all the time, I was like, my competition wants to hire me. This might be because I'm a good actor. And also she is friends of a friend of mine. And I had helped that friend, um, start out and and so i thought you know this might be my friend trying to pay me back so whatever this is it isn't what i thought it was so i'll go ahead and do it so i that's a done deal i'll see you and you know i'll be on set so i go and i do the job and and i play that part all day of being a horrible person to a delightful lady all day and it still makes me nauseous because she's too real. I know people like her. She's too real. Yeah. You can't shake her off. She's right there. She's your neighbor. She's your, you know, the woman that works at the whatever. She's, you know. On that on that same thought of, of taking roles, and I'm curious to get your opinion on this. A lot of actors are coming out now for previous roles they've taken, right? Like, oh, I shouldn't have been a person playing this character because I wasn't that character. Uh, whether it's a... a someone who maybe not have been, you know, gay or bisexual or whatever, or someone who maybe wasn't the right color, a particular or the race right. or right yeah. color or whatever. So yeah. now, you know, it, it's different for the, the bigger actors, right? They, they, you know, they have studios coming after them, but for, for those who are, are getting into it or those who are, are, you know, still like middle of the road, you know, finding their way, how hard is it for them to kind of 
like what, what what's the thought process now for taking or not taking these type of roles because of potential backlash okay. that they might yeah. be getting or concerns? I'm going to say something that might be wrong and it might be upsetting to people, but my guess is that it's still the same as it's always been, which is we take the roles that are offered to us, period. Mm. Yeah. And unless it's morally abhorrent or we think we won't be able to live with ourselves, and a lot of people take those ones too, we take the parts that are offered to us. And I have long time said, like, I remember when Tom Cruise did Interview with a Vampire and people were like, ah, he's the worst. Oh my God, why they, and I thought, <laughs> why are you angry at Tom Cruise? He took a job that was offered to him. Yeah, yeah. true. He didn't make that happen. He didn't produce that movie. That's not on him that he isn't right in your mind. He took a job that was offered to him. If you're angry, don't be angry at Tom Cruise for doing his very best to inhabit a role that maybe wasn't the right role for him. Um, yeah. So if a light-skinned woman plays Nina Simone, okay, well, I don't know what to say about that other yeah. than she was offered the job. I mean, the irony in that is that acting you're 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 playing a part right you're not playing yourself so the idea behind acting is that you are pretending to be someone that you are not for the most well part. also it's going to get ridiculous because if yeah. we're going to now hold people if tom hanks is now going to get mad at himself for doing philadelphia and, a, and getting yeah, an academy yeah. award for it mm -hmm. okay so then then can uh can we recast lucille ball with an american in it because i'm offended personally oh, as a redhead no. ball lady uh. I am personally offended that they didn't even try to get a, an actual American to play the most important. There's so there's like three stories about white American women in the history of the world, and they took one of them and gave it to an Australian. So, so would you say that cancel culture has gone too far? I don't participate in it <laughs> <laughs> because I don't get it. Because the thing that you're learning by watching Tom Hanks wrestle with this is that we grow up. It's why well, you some of us do need to rethink your tattoos before you get the money <laughs> tattoo at 18. Yeah, <laughs> you're not going to care about the Tasmanian devil when you're 37. I promise you, you know, like, <laughs> so I think cancel culture, the second you call it something, mm -hmm. it's gone too far because it's always been there. Ask women, ask black men, <laughs> ask black yeah. women, ask people of color, ask people of different faiths, ask people who are just non cisgendered white males cancel culture has been going on ever since there have been people yeah, like it's just yeah. an official term for it now i guess or a new well, term no, for it now, it's right? gotten named because now we use it against white men oh. cisgendered that's why there's a name for it because now they can call us out for doing it so i have a couple questions before we uh transition over first one is real quick you represent new orleans no and love. my question to you is why weren't you in the curious case of Benjamin Button? Oh, they couldn't find a role for you. What happened? <laughs> I wasn't here movies. yet. I wasn't here yet. I was in LA for 18 years. And so the fact my like I said, I was born in DC, but my parents are both from Louisiana and I was raised in a Louisiana household. And okay. so this is my heart's home. You know, if home is where the heart is, my home has always been here. But I didn't move my body here until 2009 when the saints were on the way to the super bowl <laughs> <laughs> well we, we won't call you a bandwagon it was just convenience right it was just this perfect timing 
perfect timing. Beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. New Orleans is a beautiful. It's one of my favorite cities. It's uh, the best city in the whole world. I have seen the world. This is the yeah, best. city. It's beautiful. Wow. There. It's, it's amazing. It's, it's amazing. on my list. Oh, it's so great. It's so great. And 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 when you come, make sure you find a local. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll volunteer for you. But yeah, find a local who's going to tell you where to eat and what to do and all that. Don't don't just get drunk on bourbon street throw up and think you saw it okay (laughs) (laughs) you will not need a new orleanian on bourbon street unless they're serving you something got it got it yeah me and sosa do have a story about meeting locals when we travel maybe that'll be another episode well it matters everywhere you go but it matters big time here like big time because we our number one industry is tourism so we've Mm -hmm. set everything up to make you feel like you're having a hometown experience no matter where you fall into. So nice. you could end up totally on a on something that to us is totally 100% tourist and feel like you're having a very legitimate experience because that's what we're giving you. Yeah, I can I can well, vouch for that. When I was down there, it was everyone that I've met was so whether they were you know, involved in, in, in the tourism industry or, or, or just the locals, like everyone was friendly and willing to help and just, hey, go eat here, go eat there, go check this place out. It was, it was amazing. Oh, we're was all amazing. very proud. We're all yeah. very proud. And we all want to tell you where to eat and what to see and where to go. <laughs> yeah. And what to do. yeah, no, because we all have opinions. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we all are proud of, plus, we all know each other, you know, like, all of us have a friend who owns a restaurant or a bar or who yeah. works at a restaurant or a bar or who, you know, bartends at a restaurant or a bar that we want to recommend to you or somebody who makes artisan soaps that you should go check out or who, you know, has the best shea butter in town or what, you know, we all know where to send you and mm-hmm. we're happy to tell you, oh, you got to check this out or check that out. So I want to transition to the author side of you because you are an author as well. So we got a DJ, producer, director, actor, <laughs> actress. And now we have you as an author. And I picked up your book, No Small Parts, uh, in which there was a second edition that you wrote during the pandemic. And you talk about creating a moment as an actor. And so therefore, I went back and I watched the scenes that you were in. I saw Enemy of the State and I definitely had a, oh, watch out now. Okay. Um, (laughs) Kill Bill 2 and really... The moment for me in Kill Bill 2 was you continuing to look at Mr. Madsen as you're telling him to kind of clean the bathroom. It wasn't just the, mm, it was like the look like, hey, eyes on me, eyes on me. (laughs) What is the mind state that you go through in kind of trying to create the moment, no matter how large or how small the part is? That was a good question. So, so do I'm impressed. The biggest thing I learned, I learned on my very first job and I learned it from Shirley MacLaine. And the biggest thing I learned is that you have to give yourself permission. That's the first thing. You have to give yourself permission to have the camera notice you hmm. and have take a moment, be, be, be a moment on camera. I was doing the sequel to Terms of Endearment was my first movie. So my first movie was with five Academy Award winners and nominees. And That's I was, heavy. That's heavy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No pressure. And uh, and I shot five scenes. Only one of them makes it to the end movie. But the scene that makes it to the end movie is cut to ribbons because of this. It's a movie that's a sequel to Terms of Endearment. But Mm -hmm. in the movie, Juliette Lewis plays a TV star. And I'm her co-star. 
-hmm. So we're shooting the TV show in the movie. And so this is a scene in the TV show in the movie. And so I, I'm her friend from high school. We're high school students at a Catholic school and which is how you get adult women to wear Catholic school girl uniforms. But uh, then- <laughs> I, I thought that was a Halloween norm. I thought that was a rite of passage of women. Like on Halloween, you have to dress up as a Catholic school girl. So, so went from that to uh, the Good Witch Glinda. And so the scene is this big scene. And then, and it's with Mary Gross, who was on Saturday Night Live and John Perry, who is Matthew Perry's dad, Matt Perry from uh, Friends. Friends. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so his dad who was the original Marlboro man. Like he's, he's a very handsome older guy. So it's all of us. And then Shirley MacLaine is supposed to be in the studio audience as a background actor. She's just in the studio audience doing this after the scene. That's it. That's okay. it. Take one, rolling, action. We do our stuff, blah, 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 blah. And then I see out of the corner of my eye, Shirley MacLaine, basically starting a story, a story of a grandmother clapping over her grandchild. And I'm like, that's a much more interesting story than the one we're doing. <laughs> and, <laughs> take two. Then we do it again. The story's getting more elaborate. I'm like, hmm, Shirley is doing stuff that's really fascinating. I'm gonna watch Shirley. So I start watching her because she's magnetic. Take three going again. And as we go, take after take, she gets bigger and bigger and bigger. She's supposed to be the background, but she <laughs> gives herself permission to take over the entire scene. So when you see the movie, I say, bye. That's the scene. All that's left is I say, bye. And then you know what happens after you say bye, you leave and cut to Shirley having an entire epic saga of grandmother crap. I was like, this is amazing. And I thought, okay, so you stole that scene from me and I can't get it back. But I just learned from the very best in the universe how to steal a scene. Awesome. And, and I learned that you could give yourself permission to do it. So there you go, people. Give yourself permission. Give yourself permission. Now you have to be careful about that because you can't give yourself permission at an inappropriate time or you're defeating the purpose of the movie. You always want to do what's best for the movie mm -hmm. or the television show or the scene or that, you know, you always want to make sure that you're living in that moment and being in that world in a real way. But outside of that, it, look, Michael Madsen, the reason that he and I are like this at the end is because we got in an actual fight and uh -oh. I, oh yeah no hands were laid um really? oh yeah we this got in a fight. The this is an exclusive Wait, so are you are you also a boxer are you a boxer on top of no i'm a well-protected woman oh, okay okay <laughs> <laughs> yes so it didn't go very far it didn't last very long it wasn't much of a fight but after that he the reason that happened was because he got angry that I kept toe to toeing with him. And I only had a few lines in that movie. Oh. And he didn't know that I had already had a 15 page part that got cut and I didn't get to film it. And I'm coming there with all this history. And all he knows is girl that only has five lines 
that he had already tried to get two of them cut when I was walking in the door. Mm. Um, that that girl, we go toe to, to, why would a, a girl playing a stripper who has three lines is not going to be a problem. And so he tried to get my lines cut. He didn't like the scene. He didn't, because it's all about the woman putting that character in his place. And he was like, I don't like this scene. This scene's stupid. I don't like this scene. Yeah. And so, and I don't blame him, but I had been on that movie already for like five months and he didn't even know that I had so much history going with this movie. I was like waiting for my final moment. Please, please, please. It was the third part I had in that movie and I hadn't shot one frame. Uh -huh. So I go toe to toe with him. And at some point, am I allowed to cuss on here? Yes, you are. You're at, right, at some point. Go right the fuck ahead. He, yeah, <laughs> at some point, he pushes, he says, are you going to fucking repeat everything I said? And I looked at him and I went, fucking earn it. Ooh. Oh. Kudos to oh. you. Put your foot down. Props. And so he got very angry. <laughs> and, and we had to have a moment where we were apart. <laughs> and after we came back together, he got it. That you, if you push, I'm pushing back. And that became the scene, and that's a way better scene. Way better scene, yeah. And that, the look it makes even more sense now. The look at the end of that, okay. Yeah, and so after after we were done shooting, he came and he chased me down. He's like, "Laura, Laura, 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 I just have to tell you." And I was like, "Oh God, now what?" And he goes, "I really like you." <laughs> and I thought, "Yeah, I'll bet you do because I'll bet it's not often that people." I mean, he's an intimidating person, not just yeah. an intimidating actor. He's an intimidating person. He is much man. Mm -hmm. And and he is a super talented guy who's been in the industry since before I was looking at it. You know, like, yeah. I don't know who I thought I was, but I just, you know how some days you just get tired. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> sick definitely. and tired of being sick and tired. And so you make a noise. And you don't normally make a noise, but that day you're like, today's the day. Screw I'm it. Like, yeah, screw it. Definitely. Yeah. So we talked about Kill Bill 2, which is a sequel, which is also the topic for today, which is the best movie sequels of all time. And the logical genius is going to break down the next portion of the show. So, Laura, here's how it's going to go. Okay. This is a debate that HLS, Sosa Juve, and myself have. We think we know everything. I know I know everything. They think they know everything. Got so it. I know what the best five movie sequels are. You don't have to tell me, but they need convincing. And you know what? They're not going to listen to me because they just don't want to listen to me. So what we're going to do is present to you our five movies, movie sequels that we think are the best movie sequels. You, being our guest, are also the judge. Now, this is going down in history. It will never be erased. It's going to be in the metaverse, <laughs> the ether for all of time. So what you say here today and how you decide here today will be the final end all be all and it'll be written in stone. Okay. So you being the guest have the luxury of picking who goes first. And then once we present our list, we will have a little back and forth and cross examination. And then you get to decide who's in third place. And then who's in first place because we don't care about second because why hls because if you're in second you're what in last <laughs> oh third yeah. is last 
last, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> right, third, exactly. third is last, but third I guess second is, is the first last. loser there. Yeah, second yeah. is the first loser. <laughs> so right. HLS, can you please explain to Laura what is the criteria for judging? All right, Laura, super complicated. There is no criteria. None. <laughs> you None. may like the way someone talks about Nola in their five cents. Somehow they tie it. You might like the most versatile host, kind of like me. You might like someone's knowledge of movies and film. It's completely up to you. All right. Well, I have a lot of skills judging. I have judged. My first judging was I judged a bikini contest in Georgetown. Oh, boy. What? Keep your shirt on. Keep your shirt on, HLS. Oh, your resume judged, must be like 100 pages because they judge. I know. I know. All of these things. I wow. Know. I judged a beauty pageant in Mississippi. I've judged many gumbo and or jambalaya contests. So yeah, I've got my. I'm ready. I'm ready. Yeah, this is ready. Well, you don't have to worry about this because there is no swimsuit competition here or, or, or segment. So Definitely. says you. Says you. <laughs> All right. You know, well, usually I'm the one that has to do the swimsuit anyway, so I'm glad there's no swimsuits. <laughs> <laughs> so Laura, who do you want to hear from first? All right. I'm not going to pick who I want. What I'm going to pick is who reached out to me first. Is that is that fair enough? That's fair, fair enough. Oh, yeah. So says going, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh, because it was so <laughs> For sure, for sure. And with that, I want to let you know you made an excellent decision because after here, it is all going to go downhill. Okay. So right. at number five. I have to ask you, what do you get when you put together LAPD with a Hong Kong detective? Only the best buddy cop movie ever, Rush Hour 2. Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker's chemistry was just on-screen gold. It grossed $347 million worldwide. The film went number one during the opening weekend. It grossed about $67 million. The film stayed in the top 10 for weeks. It was just wonderfully made. It topped The Karate Kid as the highest grossing martial arts action film. And that's why it is number five. Number four is Rocky IV. Listen, Rocky goes against his greatest villain in the series, Dolph Lundgren as Drago, with amazing lines such as, if he dies, he dies. <laughs> Amazing lines. Amazing. <laughs> Drago takes out Creed. I agree that there are lines that are just that easy. Like, I'll be back is not exactly Shakespeare, but who's going to forget that line? Who's yeah, going to forget true, that, true, right? True, true. I mean, we're talking about that movie was made in, what, 1983 or something? We're still talking about it. So yeah. <laughs> There we go. So Drago takes out Creed. Rocky's wife tells Rocky it is suicide. You can't win. And you know what Rocky does? He goes to Russia, defeats Drago, and ends the Cold War by himself. <laughs> okay, by himself. The only question I have is, where is Rocky now? We need him to go to Russia and end this war in Ukraine. That's what we need right now. We need another Rocky movie. Number three, The Empire Strikes Back. The best movie out of the whole Star Wars epic. And it delivered the timeless line to Luke, I am your father. 
which is the same thing I say to these guys when they get on the mic <laughs> and they yell just like Luke, no. So yeah, definitely number three. Number two, The Godfather 2. It serves as both a sequel and a prequel all at the same time. You have Pacino and De Niro in their prime. The interweaving of the story from past and present, it was done so well. The strategy of what was happening in the film, Fredo getting got in the end, absolute classic. And the number one sequel, gotta be Dark Knight. Heath Ledger's performance in The Dark Knight received several posthumous uh, awards, including the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor. His scene talking about chaos, I mean, absolutely phenomenal. It's thought-provoking. I watched that movie over and over and over. It was bigger than just some, you know, cartoon uh, comic book movie. So that right there is my five cents. Who do you want to hear from next? Uh, right. Pretty good, Lewis. That's pretty decent. Well, let's that... hear from you. You'd already chat and let's hear, Pete. Okay. Okay, Laura. <laughs> first of all, uh, let me just start by saying I love your smile. Oh, you thank smile. you. Points and, are good. And your, your southern, your yeah, southern yeah, yeah, charm. Yeah, yeah. I, I your southern it. charm. I love it. I, I object. I object. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let me start He's by trying to my the five judge, cents. This list is going to be my, trash. Hey, whatever you got to do. <laughs> number five number five if he doesn't think i've heard that i'm pretty before he's <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, th- th- thank you just remember this when you're judging you know your honor you, 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 can, you can't hear it enough you can't hear it enough no right? you cannot but the people that have told me i'm pretty are like you know people magazine sexiest men alive <laughs> <laughs> so number five for me i think you have a connection to this movie i, I think you do i have kill bill volume two Reason why is because I'm I'm a huge Quentin Tarantino fan. I, I enjoy almost all of his movies. And his movies are very interesting in terms of how he he writes them and how they're 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 directed and how they're you know the 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 acting and all of that. But Kill Bill Volume Two, I get it, it was originally meant to be a, a single movie, but it was like four hours long, but then they broke it up. So in my mind it's a sequel because it says volume two on it, right? But for me, sequels is all about continuing the story, right? Continuing the previous story and then potentially ending the previous story and ending it in in a great fashion. That movie had had all the themes from my favorite movies growing up, you know, like the the grindhouse type of movies, the spaghetti westerns, the martial art movies had amazing soundtrack, um, amazing dialogues. Uh, uh, I mean, multiple scenes where it's this conversation between the actors. Uh, on various moments in the scene, the the, the one in the trailer truck and trailer park in the desert, the one at the end with with Thurman's character character about the Kill Bill, but an, an amazing movie. I've, I think I've watched that. I most I usually watch a lot of Quentin Tarantino movies multiple times, but I've probably watched that movie probably four or five times at, at least. Number two, I also have The Dark Knight. It, it, it's weird because The Dark Knight was carried by I think by Heath Ledger, right? His performance just made it that much better people had a mindset of what batman was like with the tim burton movies like in the beginning right and it was very fun and childish whatever but then uh when the second sequel the second remake came um it became a little bit more real and it didn't really play off as like a comic book movie right and Heath ledger's performance and that was amazing at number three i have another comic book movie and and hear me out I have Avengers Endgame. And what? here's why. 
here's why. It is the, the ultimate sequel. It is a sequel of 10 years worth of movies, 10 years worth of storytelling. And it culminated in this very final movie, at least in this saga that they're calling. And it didn't disappoint. It did not disappoint. I got teary-eyed because I was 10 years dedicated into this universe that, that the Marvel, Marvel Studios created. So when Endgame came out, it was like it was very satisfying. And like I said, it's about continuing the story and ending it properly. And I think it properly ended 21 movies. That's that's what it took to build up to this sequel. 21 movies. And I think it's I think at this point it is the highest grossing film of all time, I believe. I'm not too sure. I think Titanic may have gotten that back or Avatar have gotten that back. Um, but Avengers Endgame did it for me. And, and being a geek at heart, I, I can't I can't say no to that movie. And number two, I also have The Godfather too. Um, many, many have given it the best of the, of the trilogy. It's won six Academy Awards, right? The very first sequel to win an Academy Award. And I think it's the, the only, like fran within the franchise, first movie and second movie to win Academy Award. The first one won Academy Award and all three movies won or were nominated for Academy Award. But the second have always been, has always been critically acclaimed as being the best one because of the storytelling, because it was a sequel and a prequel mixed into one. And at number one, I, I almost had The Godfather, but I have to give this movie credit because again, I, I'm, I'm big on fantasy movies. I have to give The Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King as number one. So why do I say that? The movie won 11 Academy Awards the year that came up, 11. It swept the entire, I think it's entire category, like all the nominations, it got all of them. Now you can say some of them, people saying, well, they were just giving it for all three movies or whatever, but it was an amazing movie. It was a great movie and it was a great finish to a trilogy. And, and Peter Jackson did an amazing job of taking a, a very well-known book and turning it into these films that were memorable and are, are baked into pop culture at this point. So number one for me, is Lord of the Rings. And those are my five cents, Laura. You can hear HLS, but I don't know why you want to because he's gonna talk about the top five pizza places in Brooklyn. But HLS, what's funny is that he's looking at both of you like, oh, come on. So this better be some good it, stuff you got here. Yeah, yeah. Well, so yeah. let me take you on a journey, Laura. Oh boy, <laughs> be prepared to be <laughs> underwhelmed. My list is a little different. Women, by the way. <laughs> if you ever take each other to a bar, you'll all go home alone. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, he sucks. No, he's stupid. <laughs> My list is a little different because there's a lot of great movies out, but these one that you're about to hear from me, Laura, have a personal connection to. Okay. So number five. No one said it, and I know why. But this makes my list of one of the best figures of all time, and it's Creed. Okay. The reason why I say that, it came out 30 years after the first film, after the first Rocky. Not only does it tell a completely new story that ties into the, the, the homage and the iconicness of Rocky, it brought the new movie to a whole set of new fans and revitalized Rocky. It allowed Sylvester Stallone to come back to his most famous role of all time. And he did justice to it. It wasn't trying to fight. He wasn't trying to kind of, you know, get back in the ring. He played 
the dramatic Rocky from number one in the Creed film. Not only that, it's spawning a new set of Creed films, another trilogy that's coming, starring one of the, I think, one of the best actors of, of our younger generation, uh, Michael B. Jordan. Uh, Ryan Coogler, a fantastic director, up and coming. Uh, he's Coogler. Number five, Rocky. Not only that, it, it wasn't a huge box office hit, just 173 million, but yet and still, the the level that it that it did, I, I think, was amazing. With that said, let's go to my number four. Okay. Top Gun Two Maverick. The reason why I say it's the best of all time because it came out 36 years after the first. 36 years. And it was a box office behemoth. It premiered in a time where people weren't really going back to the movies. But you know what? When it came out, everybody went to go see Top Gun Maverick. The story picked up exactly right where it should have, in my opinion. It didn't put Tom Cruise in, in like any other character, any other role. Like it was a great continuation of who that character was. And it paid so much homage to the first. And it also allowed Val Kilmer to be in the movie, even though he's going through cancer. And those that little scene that he was in, amazing. Number three. Now many people think this was a sequel, but it really was. Silence of the Lambs. Silence of the Lambs was a sequel to 1986 Manhunter. Not many people know that. We're talking about awards. Anthony Hopkins, who won an award for that in the Oscar. It swept all five. Thank you. See? Best picture, best actress, best director. Phen- phenomenal movie. People still use quotes from that movie to this day. Phenomenal. Number two. Nobody said this. Nobody's giving homage to cartoons. Toy Story 2, one of the best sequels of all time. It changed animation. Pixar, people behind Toy Story, it changed animation. You still have characters to this day from Toy Story. It went on to gross $511 million worldwide. Toy Story 2. It was touching. It was engaging. It, it, it sucked you in. Even though it's a cartoon, I didn't feel like a kid watching it. I felt like just a regular person just watching this and getting sucked into all the characters. Yes, okay, I felt like a kid. I'm sorry, I did. I remember having <laughs> toys, and, and Toy Story 2 was amazing to me. It was amazing to me. I think I got a little emotional, too, feeling for the toys that got left behind. And number one, yes, it was on everybody's list. You heard it before, The Dark Knight. The difference between my list and the list you ever heard is that Dark Knight wasn't just a superhero movie. It wasn't that at all. It was actually a crime thriller dubbed as a superhero movie. We talked about Heath Ledger, his, his character. He, he, when I say he killed Joker, like every other Joker from this day forward is going to be compared to Heath Ledger. Every other one. Like when, when, when we talked about earlier in the show, you mentioned, you know, give yourself permission. He gave himself permission to embody that person, embody that character to a point where, unfortunately, it led to his demise. That movie, that director, Christopher Nolan, one of my favorite directors of all time, uh, he's done a lot of great work. Number one on my top five, Dark Knight. All right, Laura. So you heard the list, put them down for you to be able to see. 
what we're going to do next is we're going to do a little bit of a cross-examination. So this allows you the opportunity to solicit any feedback or questions that you may have. And it allows us as well to ask each other some questions about each other's list. Uh, okay. So Logical Genius, do you want to start us off with your cross-examination? Um, Sure, I guess. HLS, you just went through your list. Yes, I did. And I already forgot it. Um, silence of the lambs yeah you said have memorable quotes quote me something from that movie Where is... Applause, applause, applause. That was that was great. I, I really was expecting you to start licking your lips. I thought that was what was coming. Okay, I guess I can't argue against that, right? No, you cannot. <laughs> no, you cannot. I have to say, well, well said. Oh boy. Thank you. No, I mean it was a, it was a great moment to me. It was a great moment. All right. For, uh, for my cross-examination, I'm sorry, HLS, I have to I have to go back to you. No, by all means, I'm ready for Be it. Because you mentioned the wrong movie. I was with you because I thought about putting it on my list, but it's not Toy Story 2. It's actually Toy Story 3. That's the, that's the sequel. That's it, the one. It, 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 it got you. It grossed more money than part one and part two combined. I can't even lie. In Toy Story 3, my throat started getting scratchy. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh my God, I think I'm about it, to start Andy, crying on an animation Andy, movie. Oh like, what is happening yeah. right now? No. Listen, and, and that was good, but you had to have two to get to three. Yeah, okay. but three, right. three right. eclipse, one and two yeah. combined. Three, three you, got, you, you were onto something, you just got the wrong sequel. Wrong movie, wrong sequel. Yeah. We'll, we'll let Lord decide. We will. <laughs> because because I'm the because I'm the only one that had versatility in my list. Is that what you call I, versatility? I would, to, I would have to agree that there is there is more variety. Is there? Oh, okay. Yeah. That said, um, one thing that all of these point out is how few movies have women in them. Very mm. true. Very true. But, Kill Bill aside. I, I was going to say Kill Bill, the lead actress. So the lead actor. I work with Quentin. Yeah. I mean, it's not an accident that I work with Quentin. <laughs> so, look, in total, there's variety everywhere, all, you know, through all the list. But yeah, yours, yours has more variety, HLS, I will say. Thank you. Okay. Um, I guess I'm going to ask each one of you to defend one movie just because okay uh yeah just because i think that's fair enough y'all went after each other but i'm just gonna pick <laughs> from each list and say defend that okay all right so starting with rush hour two okay is the follow-up to the number one grossing non-white male movie up to that day that was the largest grossing non-white male movie ever Yes. And so the first one was important, not just entertaining. It was important because it mm -hmm. proved Hollywood needed to shut up about how it was all white teenage boys going to the movies when that just was never true. And that movie proved that it was a lie. Yeah. And so I feel like that move, Rush Hour, the first one, was important in that it it 
broke some new ground and and shut some people up and made it possible for there to be more variety in the type of men that were the leads of movies that said of all time <laughs> okay so allow allow me to defend it okay oh. so Make all your of case, the so, things, so make your case. Let's hear yes. This. So all the things that you stated about Rush Hour One, very true indeed. For them to be able to repeat the formula is why it's up there in the top five. Not only did they shoot in LA like they only did in Rush Hour One, they brought it to Hong Kong. So you were able to see a cultural difference between Hong Kong and LA. And What's beautiful, I'm not going to say the word, but even some of the boundary pushing they did in Rush Hour 2, I actually remember watching the movie in the movie theater with the logical genius. And in the original, the theater cut version of it, there's a line where Chris Tucker says a derogatory word towards Asian people, right? So just as it's so loose here in America to say the N word, they pushed the boundary to say that C word in the movie. to and, and I remember he's crossing the highway and he's like, slow down. And he says the word. So when I heard that in the theater, I was like, wow, look at them pushing the bounds on this even further. And clearly there was some offense to this because in the version that got released on DVD, they actually took that out. So it gets you thinking, well, should we be saying the N word? like we're saying. So Rush Hour 2 for me, not only was it comedic, not only did it have the action, not only did you have the chemistry between uh, Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker, but you also had these elements of race, not white and black, but Asian and black and white. And it was all put together. So that's my argument. Rush Hour 2, it, it's more than just a movie. Okay. All right. Mm. All right. Mm. Let's I mean, grasping at straws, but okay. I, 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 I thought I thought it was excellent, but it was a good explanation. I'm yeah. not gonna I'm not gonna you. knock you for that. And you know, I'm gonna have to come for you with again, again. We're talking about in the history of everything, so I I understand that you're saying that it sequelizes and wraps up an entire universe of movies. Yeah. Thank but you, Laura. Just like with a pilot, I always try and give a pilot a break because whenever you see a, a first episode of anything. You have to remind yourself that those episodes have a lot of heavy lifting to do. They mm -hmm. have a lot of work they have to accomplish mm -hmm. in just 22 minutes. And so I try and be really like gentle with a brand new show because it's like it has such a, a big job to do. So I get it that Adventures Endgame has a big job to do. Mm -hmm. But one reason that I remind myself of that before I watch a pilot is because then that will explain why so much of it wasn't that great. <laughs> So, <laughs> so what I guess what I'm asking is, do you not feel that there were movies that accomplish important things in the same way that Avengers Endgame accomplishes this very big story point that you're making, but that do it in, in a more movie important way for the ages that we will care about that movie ongoingly? I, I, I actually will buy that we would care about, I'll buy. I'll buy that we can, not for much, but I will buy <laughs> that we would care about Rush Hour 2 in years from now because it is one of the few movies from that era that has non-white male leads. So, you know, 
that's exciting. That happened, all that. So, okay. So tell me why we're still going to be watching Avengers Endgame 10 years from now, 20 years. Because the, the scale in which this movie was done and, and the hype behind the movie was so grand, right? Um, did it, you know, because people knew it was coming. People expected it to come. And Marvel, when they started on this journey in what, I think 2008, I believe, with Iron Man, started on a journey and said, we're going to make a, a universe and build this, this, this move, cinematic universe beyond what people understood of cinematic universes. Because in the past, it's always been typically now the standard rule of thumb is three movies, right? A trilogy. A trilogy is what you build into, and then you're done, and then you move on to the next trilogy. They did it, tried to do it multiple times with Spider-Man. But the scale in which this this the movie had every reason to fail right because the biggest reason is that it did not live up to hype to the hype of 10 years worth of building up the hype for the movie and i don't think anyone who's watched that movie who was also a fan of the previous movies um said that they were disappointed in the end result of this particular movie of of avengers endgame and and I think it, it it's going to live forever in cinematic history because of the feat that it accomplished, right? Bringing in again ten years worth of movies, twenty one movies total, and and tying up a story that was was very hard to top because you had all these characters that were 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 involved in, in twenty one movies, and to try to bring that into to a single movie, and the Caruso brothers did an amazing job, and I personally didn't think it was possible to have all of these characters, all of these these actors. Um, who, who made names for themselves for, for, for these, from these movies, even before the movies, to actually come to a movie that, that met expectations and hit like an emotional high for a lot of people because people were teary-eyed when they, they saw certain scenes and when it ultimately ended because they were duly satisfied with what they saw based on, again, 10 years of hoping that this is, wasn't going to be an upset. Don't suck. The fact that <laughs> you didn't get upset after 10 years of wasting your life going to these movies, dedicated, you know, time and energy on, on 10 years worth of movies, uh, and, and for it not to fail, it, it says something, right? Because I don't think it can ever be achieved again. It, it may not be ever be achieved again because it's the first to do that. And anything after that, even if Marvel does it again, uh, phase five or six, whatever phase we're in now, it will never, uh, I don't think it'll ever reach that same hype and that same sense of, of satisfaction like, like Endgame did. Okay. All right. You're next. And I think, I think what I'm going to allow you to do, since you Change already, were, well, no, because you were already forced to answer for Toy Story 2. Uh -huh. um, so I'm not going to, I'm not going to ask you why you picked Toy Story 2 over 3. I actually liked 2 better than 3 personally, but I totally understood that 3 was the one that everybody, look, I, I like them all. We all like them yeah. all. Yeah, no, yeah. I had a personal connection to Toy Story 2, right? So yeah, I in the like it too. Yeah. And I know I'm supposed to like the, the girl who looks like a toy doll version of me and the, with the cowboy hat and the, you know, <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I, 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 I get it. And so I'm going to let that go. And, and instead, and you probably think I'm coming for you on Silence of the Lambs and wondering no. whether that's truly a sequel, but I'm not. I'm going to ask you to go ahead and speak to the many people who are putting Top Gun on their list of best sequels, because I just saw Top Gun. Mm -hmm. I'm a huge fan. Mm -hmm. And I when I am captivated by a movie, I leave talking about it. When I'm not captivated by a movie, I leave talking about how I'd fix it. Yeah. And 
I liked that movie, and but all my conversations after were about fixing it. And so I thought, mm. oh, that's interesting. Mm. I really interesting. It. Yeah. So, so I would like for you to defend it to me because I'm I'm struggling with it. Sure, sure. So, like I said, I have personal connection. Uh, I was on vacation in Florida. I saw it. I took uh, my significant other to the movies and I said, let's go see it. She, ne she never saw the first Top Gun, so we watched it a couple days prior Whoa. and we okay. went to the theater. And she's like, oh, this is good. Let's see the sequel. I loved it. The next day, I took my dad, who is elderly. Uh, he doesn't move very well. And I said, dad, let's go to see the movie. And he sat there and he's, you know, in his 83-year-old body. And he's like, oh, this is great. This is great. But that that aside, that personal connection aside. Just to be clear, I was a I was married to an actual guy who was in the F-14 program. So oh, wow. I have a personal connect. At the time that the first movie came out, I was sitting right next to my officer husband yeah. who had the same uniform and all. So I have a personal connection as well. But I, that's one reason I think I'm being maybe a little rough on it. So oh no, mm. okay, I'm, I'm, I'm here for okay. it. So so yeah, there there were problems with with the movie in itself for me. But overall, overall, I think it paid homage to Goose, uh, the character that that passed away in the first film. I think it paid homage to Val Kilmer, especially going through what he was going through uh, in his personal life. And that very last scene between Tom Cruise and Val Kilmer, where Tom Cruise said, let's not ruin this moment, when uh, Val Kilmer said who's the best pilot. I think that was a great way to pay homage to the first film. What I think it missed for me, because it brought so many people back, I would have liked to see some other characters from, from the first Top Gun uh, come back. I think there's too many similarities, like great balls of fire in the bar scene maybe we could have done without that even maybe the football scene which paid homage to the, to the volleyball scene maybe we could have done away with that and maybe no, dig to no, it no you could not no you, <laughs> <laughs> you needed to see them <laughs> you understand that that's all that women have in the history of cinema <laughs> <laughs> that and point break the original one not the remake because funny enough funny the original enough, point break the original Point Break is something we mentioned in a previous episode. It was on my list. It well, it's a genius list. movie made by a woman, so she understood what sexy looks like. Bodie. Bodie yeah. from, from Point Break. It's not even the guys, though, because Keanu's my guy, but it's not even the guys. It's the shooting of that scene is so fun and macho and like watching yeah. play at the same time. And I think men get confused about what women find sexy. I think that you know the reason that that movie is so sexy to us is because it's not just guys being macho it's like watching puppies play you know like there's something fun about yeah. the way they are with each other that is yeah. sexy and that's what the volleyball scene in the first top gun did and what the the football scene was trying to do in the sequel was to to give us give us women and uh, and I would argue gay men the softcore porn we need that we get only <laughs> once every years they give us one scene every thirty years you know wow. like I never saw it that way yeah so you cannot cut that but the music was embarrassingly bad embarrassingly oh. bad. who has sex to that music uh, <laughs> oh no did, did they lose that loving feeling what happened they lost that loving feeling. <laughs> till, still to this day anytime i see any sort of sex scene next to my parent it, it kind of makes me oh, i probably didn't pay yeah, attention you can watch the it. volleyball with your kid next to you and it's okay they don't know <laughs> <laughs>
women have to watch porn because they never have a moment to themselves. So. <laughs> That's unfortunate. <laughs> I would recommend that you uh, watch the episode um, with the sex therapist. Uh, listen to that one. It's a, it's, a, it's a pretty good one. It's a pretty good episode. <laughs> Oh okay. man, but but that that's my defense of of, of Maverick. Um, okay. Yeah, there's not too many things I would fix per se. I, I think it it was what it was. It paid tribute to to the movie that came out in a very modern era. All right. Well, then now let me see last looks here. Last yeah, look. go ahead. Take your last looks. We are at the place where you decide. We want to know. Whose list is in third place? Well, I, first of all, I want to say it's very clear that everybody th- put some thought into this and came up with some things that are, if you haven't seen these movies, this is a good list of movies that you need to see. And Thank especially you. We try. We try. This is a useful list to anybody who is trying to find their favorite sequel or whatever, or who didn't know that there were, like, if you didn't know that Signs of the Lambs is part of a series, or if you didn't, you know, like, this is a helpful yeah. list in that way. And I think that there is some basic agreement here that the Dark Knight is in this family. The number one. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like it's up there. We enjoy, yeah, we enjoy the Dark Knight. Yeah. 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 yeah, this family goes for the Dark Knight. Um, so, so yeah, that those are the two things that are like super duper clear looking at these lists. Who's in third? Pressure is on. Whose heart are you going to break? Oh, see, I just hate to do that. But yeah, let me see. I have somebody has to be in the beginning and somebody has to be at the end. So, um, okay. I'm going to go with. Oh, so, so. I'm so, so sorry. So, third place. Oh, so is a no. no. (laughs) I am your father. Fresh hour. Fresh hour. I'm going to tell you why you're third is because your list is a great list and it's one that i've seen a lot of okay that's my problem the why the reason you're third is because other than your argument for rush hour two which i'm still having a little time (laughs) (laughs) but you're but you're biting to it you're biting it i'm I'm open to anybody's favorite movie is their favorite movie i don't argue with that sure this is true you can love crap that's nothing to me so you know I loved Rush Hour 2. I just wouldn't have put it on that list. Mm -hmm. So I'm putting you at at third only because your list is too much like a list I could have found online. Other than probably where he found it. (laughs) Other than your wild card of Rush Hour 2. Because even Rocky 4, a lot of people uh, acknowledge that Rocky 4 was is like the one. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. So that's all right, Laura. And, and, and look, all that means is that you're good at doing this because you did the same thing that a lot of people would have done. Yeah, hey, I'm, 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 the, I'm the people's three. chair. I'm the people's chair. Three. Yeah, you are the people's choice here because other than your wild card at the end, you definitely nailed. You're only missing one that's on like all the ones online. <laughs> <laughs> so you're, are you saying his Google search didn't really do too much? No, what I'm well. saying okay. is that he loves movies that people agree with. Yeah. yeah, he is a movie goer who loves the movies that we all can agree are great movies. Okay. Yeah, but consolation prize. Agree, so, so consolation prize. Well, it's <laughs> just the third. Least un, it's the least unexpected, other than the yeah. rush hour wrench, which I like. The rush hour wrench, obviously, that's why I keep bringing it back to that. <laughs> um, 
And I'm going to have to go ahead and say. Wait, who's number Laura, one? We want number one. We don't care about number two. We want number one. I'm going to go with HLS. What? Made, Laura, you made his day. You oh, my goodness. Day because the man does not win. But he won you today. Is it never your turn? This yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't win much. Listen, I'm only one behind second place in terms of the stats. <laughs> I have one less win than someone else in this group. I'm not going to mention okay. their but name. You made. I think his, you need to recount. Yeah, you made his week. Well, I think. You made I'll his tell week. you why. Because of the list, his is the one with the most variety. Okay. Of genre and release dates and you know like there's a little of like if i were stuck on an island this there's a little something for everybody on this mm -hmm. okay but also i think that you coming on to the science of the lambs thing pushed you a little in my direction because i have that was that was sneaky i'm not even lying that was yeah. sneaky good right there that was, i was like hls never comes shows up <laughs> like this this is no, good it, it was no, a good and, movie and look kill bill too I'm, who am I to argue? Who am I to argue? <laughs> Great movie. Okay. Great movie. So you had me with that. But I think the reason that, that second place is second place is because it's too reliant on comics. Yeah, and you know what? I, 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 was, I was debating that, but I mean... I, like I if just... I don't like fantasy, there's nothing to watch. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. That's true. That's a, that's a fair point. That's so, a fair yeah. Point. No, I mean, obviously you have Godfather on there and Kill Bill 2. And, and again, Kill Bill 2, I, well, I have no argument for you. Mm -hmm. but, um, and Godfather's on everybody's list. But, um, but yeah, the, it's, it's too much of the same genre. Genre. Of that's fair. That's fair. So that's my five cents. <laughs> <laughs> speaking of speaking of, if you were to create uh, your 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 list, what what would what would be on it? I did, and I had a fun time doing it because okay. you know, movie lovers love lots of movies, so it takes mm. a long. You ask me my look. It's like asking me where to eat in New Orleans, man. I'm gonna spend all day <laughs> on that. This was like, tough. Wait, this I was a very tough list to make. Metrics and what I take votes from friends and what you know, like I mean, if I had to tell you where to eat in New Orleans, that could be an all day thing for me to figure out the, the top three places to send you or whatever. All right, so number five. Number five. Silence of the Lambs. Oh, okay. Look at that. Look at okay. that. Look at that. Um, because of the awards obviously that's a indicator that we all agreed as a industry and as a mm -hmm. people that that was one of the finest movies ever made and so to have it like with godfather to have it be better than the original which everybody always reminds everybody that godfather 2 was better than the original and they never mm -hmm. remind anybody that silence of the lambs is 10 billion times the first movie. <laughs> yes the first movie is like a nobody's seen that movie manhunter I mean, yeah. raise your hand if you've seen it. I've seen it, but okay, y'all didn't see it. So that's what I'm saying. And yet we all saw Silence of the Lamp. We still gonna yeah. watch it tonight. Everybody gonna watch it. I mean, Halloween's coming. We're yeah. all gonna watch it. It's just yeah. one of the scariest, most upsetting. It is. It is disturbing. Brilliant. Yeah. Well done. And then the, the the startling elegance of this psychotic killer. His elegance. Anthony Hopkins, I mean, I'm done talking about him. Yeah. And, and then Jodie Foster, Foster had just yeah. won the Academy Award for The Accused the year before. Everybody said there's no way mathematically she can't win because yeah. she just won the year before. 
and then she won. Yeah. So yeah. because of this trembling strength in her. So you have this psychotic elegance and this trembling strength toe to toe. I mean, also it has a female lead. I'm a little <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Number four, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Oh, okay. Okay. Good. Yeah. Like Gone with the Wind, it is a sweeping epic movie with the Civil War at its center without it ever being about the Civil War. Mm -hmm. And yet it comments on war as a concept. So it's a huge movie with a lot to say. And the plot keeps getting affected by or interrupted by the war. And so it, it's this strange way of dealing with a war movie that isn't a war movie and it's funny it's action-packed it's i mean if you haven't seen it i give you that as a gift and it is a very clint eastwood who i'm not a big fan of but who is brilliant in this movie plays this very um strong beautiful anti-hero and you know we don't have enough really well done uh likable anti-heroes that we should throw out the ones we find so um you know that's a really great character all of the characters in the good the bad and the ugly are yeah. genius and all of those actors are you know they're at the top of their game they're doing their best work and so yeah. i remember I, when when i saw when i was younger uh i wanted one of those uh ponchos or whatever like for no right? reason just that just to wear one we have one that's um for the saints we have, we have <laughs> one of everything with the with saints, the saints. So, yeah just <laughs> our shower our forget it i'm not gonna it's like all day <laughs> listing things with fleur-de-lis in this house so yeah so that i think is a not just a tremendous sequel but one of the best movies ever made i i consider it like the male gone with the wind mm, um, okay. wow yeah I, I consider gone with the wind to be you know a, one of the greatest movies ever made just as a technical achievement it's one of the greatest movies ever made inarguably mm -hmm. but acting wise the performances again you know you just I mean, you can't shake a stick at that and it has a female anti-hero that we had to wait all the way from gone with the wind to basically kill bill to have another one that rich of yeah. a female anti -hero. Yeah. but this one you'll never see coming <laughs> this one <laughs> Shockers. Y'all are just not gonna, y'all are not ready. Happy death day to you. Really? Happy death day to you. Wow. This, you know what? That was a pretty good movie. The wow. Sequel. I'm gonna tell you why, because that one needs explanation. Um, it's the only sequel I can think of where the topic is horror and violence and killing and death where the sequel felt no need to double down on death and violence. They doubled down on story. Mm. Mm. The number one mistake that sequels make is they double down on all the wrong stuff. They think we're attracted to stuff we're not attracted to and they cut the stuff we love. That's why sequels always suck. Happy Death Day to you is such a, Happy Death Day is such a clever, clever movie I mean, it's so, you know, I love anything with time and looping, but it's Groundhog Day as a horror movie. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's done as a comedic horror movie in the vein of like Scream or whatever, you know, it's done as a fun romp of a horror movie, you know? For those who haven't seen it, it's, a, it's about a, a girl who dies and she relives her death over and over and over again. And her yeah. goal is to try to find out why she, like who's trying to kill her. Who done it? 
Who yeah. done it? It's a very okay. So the reason that the the sequel blows me away is because they figured out who done it. So where's yeah. the sequel? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so she wakes up and it's the next day, right? Mm -hmm. That's the sequel. So then we're yeah. watching some girl do her life, right? Like, nobody cares what Prince Charming and and the princess do after they lived happily ever after. We're done with that. N next story. So <laughs> I was like why would there be a sequel what are they going to do with a sequel and so when i saw the sequel and saw that how clever it was how how they really thought about how do we keep this story going and came up with really smart answers that used the science and the logic and the mm -hmm. storytelling and the characters instead of just making it more violent more bloody more body count more you know so it's also set in new orleans and i have a special affinity because do y'all watch the pelicans base uh, basketball basketball team yes okay so if you don't you oughta because we're about to wipe hey, zion zion is, is, is zion gonna play this year is the zion question is coming back we don't even care if zion plays. <laughs> <laughs> we're just using him to distract y'all from how good our team got while we were waiting for him yeah to Good team. We don't really even need him. Look at our team, man. Good but anyway, team. yes, he is going to play and he is going to scare everybody. He's going <laughs> to, that's going to be the sequel to, with more blood. So. <laughs> <laughs> but there is a mascot that we only bring out a few weeks out of the year called the King Cake Baby. We eat cake, a king cake from January 6th until Mardi Gras day. Delicious. Yes. Yeah, it yeah. Is. It's like a coffee cake type of mm -hmm. cake. So, after Mardi Gras day, you have to stop. You have to enough with the king cake. No more king cakes. All the stores have to pull them from the shelves. Every you don't because it's bad luck. You just don't. Mm -hmm. Oh, and if you eat one before January sixth, not good. Don't do that. So there are all sorts of lore, folklore around king cake. And then the king cake baby is the baby inside the cake because that's how we are here. Is that there's a plastic baby inside our <laughs> inside cake. the cake. Uh against the baby it used to be a bean but then people started cracking teeth and choking and whatever so now it's a little plastic baby and if you get the baby you have to buy the next king cake so the baby looks a certain way you know it's a little plastic <laughs> baby and the pelicans made a mascot, mascot. To run out on the basketball court from january 6th to mardi gras day getting everybody all excited about mardi gras you have to google it's a creepy looking baby. It's very, it's very disturbing. Like and now, Google Happy Death Day. Yeah, yeah, it's the same mask. <laughs> they got sued yeah. because every single year, King Cake Baby wins the international ugliest slash scariest mascot, mascot in the world. Every year we win. Every year really? we never fail to win. Never. Wow. Ever, ever, ever. Every year, creepy. King Cake Baby wins. So he is a terrifying looking baby and we love him. So when we saw this movie, there was shot here and the bad guy, the scary villain that's gonna kill us all is not some guy with knife hands. He's not some guy with like pinhead or, no, it's, it's our mask. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Although the, the, the mask the mask in the movie isn't as scary as the actual King Cake oh, baby's no. face. Oh, no. the, the, if they had that baby in the movie, that would have been even more disturbing. 
I know. I love getting my picture taken with him every year. And then all my social media is all like, ah, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you. so, um, so yeah, yeah. Happy death day to you. Um, that's a, I, that is a shocker. I'm surprised. That's a shocker. I mean, it's a good movie. Female lead, and so again, something that I am a little more sensitive to is that they're just not that many movies that I get to look at me in and say, I'm in, I'm yeah. in movies and I don't get yeah. to see me represented in movies. You know, like that's up. so number two, Kill Bill volume two. Oh, so my number five is up two. Oh, man. Now, it, it's, I love that movie. So I, love, I, I mean, I love both this. movies. Yeah, I love I, I mean, the first one is an Eastern. The second one is a Western. Mm -hmm. And I prefer the, the second one to the first one insofar as not just because I'm in it, obviously. <laughs> yeah, I'm, call, I'm calling foul, technical foul. But I said one time at a, at a party at um, the producer's house, uh, I, I was joking, but, but not really. And I said, Quentin was looking for all of us and we were all hiding in this one area. And he came and found us and I, he said, oh, so this is where all the volume two people are. And I said, oh. <laughs> I said, yeah, well, you know, all the cool people are in volume two. And he looked around and he went, I, I was kidding, kind of. But he looked around and he went, oh, my God, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that David Carradine is not in, actually in Kill Bill. No, yeah, no, he, Bill. He, no he, he didn't make an appearance until the beginning of the second movie. Yeah, yeah there yeah. is no Bill in Kill Bill. Only there the, the name yeah. the Kill Bill. There is no, you know, in the first one that a lot of the people that like there is no L driver character. Come on. Mm -hmm. In the history of movies, she's one of the scariest people that ever was in a movie ever. Mm -hmm. I mean, she doesn't need pins in her face to terrify you. She's coming <laughs> for you and she's gonna do bad things and you believe it, you know? Yeah, for <laughs> Just sure. Down the hallway, you're like, oh no. So <laughs> yeah, so I am a huge fan of that movie and i would be a huge fan of kill bills one and two whether i had anything to do with them or not because i do believe they are the modern day version of gone with the wind you have a female mm. anti-hero four-hour epic mm. and it's you know the, the mission is simple survive it's great it's well written i mean and well acted so so who's number one on your list yeah, what is number is one now. on your list okay number one to me i can't believe this was on zero of your list because y'all are gonna you can turn your fingers back on me and say well that's on all the google lists because it is but it's on all, all the google lists for the same reasons that things like godfather are on all because it's truly is the right answer terminator 2. oh yo what i tell you what i tell you you what i tell you i i took out terminator 2 for avengers endgame that that was my ex i took it because i love that movie that movie was it, it was good it, it was, was yeah amazing. oh my goodness about being better than the original and it lived but up to way the hype. better than the original and yeah, 20 years better. later etc memorable lines yeah um, great scenes like oh man that, never that mind the guns and roses soundtrack yeah. i mean yeah i was struggling between that and empire strikes back i wasn't too sure i was like but how do i have a list without a star wars it was yeah Ooh. right no i get you i feel you look i had to do this too i had to go through all this too and cut things out that were meaningful to me look i don't have indiana jones and the last crusade on here and i, would, I have a good argument for that one yeah, definitely but, uh, that's... you know but uh okay 
not only is Terminator 2 a great sequel in every way where it answers all the questions of the first one and it does all the heavy lifting of a sequel that you know that is hard to do to make a good movie out of a sequel um, but it's the moment where we recognize for the first time as filmmakers and, and film lovers if you can think it you can film it uh, it changed movies forever yeah the cgi the technology that that just like took everyone for like wait what is going yeah. on what am i watching right now it was the first the first 10 minutes of that movie i saw it opening day at lunchtime and i still only got the front row and so i'm watching it like this <laughs> and the first i don't know 20 minutes I'm literally sitting there yeah. Yeah. and didn't realize. And finally, I love to eat popcorn. It's the whole reason I go to the movies. And at some point I realized that I had been sitting there catching flies for like 20 minutes. And had <laughs> so I was so transported by that movie. I saw it, I think 13 times in the first two weeks it came out. Yeah, I wow. thought it was. Yeah, no, I couldn't get enough. I couldn't get enough of it. Also the message, not just the message at the end of that you can design your own future, you are in charge mm -hmm. of, you know, you, you, there is some say that you have in the way that you live and the way we choose to move forward as a planet and whether we destroy ourselves or not. Um, so it's an important message. We should be playing it every day, all day today. But the message of you can have an action movie where you shoot people without killing them. Wouldn't it be amazing if we had example after example after example in film and television of cops and robbers where the cops capture mm -hmm. criminals who they shot in the leg or the shoulder yeah. and make them deal with justice instead of murdering? I think our society might be different if we didn't think it was entertaining to watch people kill each other mm -hmm. to solve every single problem we ever have yeah. in that movie he said in that movie he's like don't kill maim don't kill <laughs> you know yeah it was the funny scene where he like terminator kept on saying why 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 yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. No, that's awesome so it's not awesome. just an important movie it is probably one of uh, until you get to matrix it's like the most important movie in filmmaking technological achievements mm -hmm. since like yeah. you know thx or whatever but Respect. but beyond that it is this approach to again i like the sequel where the violence is not where you don't just throw more pepper in it and say there you go it's better now you yeah. know like i i think that's cheap and lazy yeah and that's one reason i was so impressed with happy death day to you is because it wasn't lazy it wasn't cheap they realized they had a problem and they worked hard to fix the problem of how do you make a sequel to a movie that's already finished you know like for real finish like, <laughs> yeah right, right so right. yeah so i feel like terminator 2 is is not just a great movie i feel like it's an important moment in storytelling Thank you, thank you, thank you for sharing that wisdom oh, with us. That's, that's an impressive list. Yeah. That's an impressive list. Very much so, very much so. So listen, we do a little something where we- and I didn't do Aliens, but that's another one. Aliens is another one. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's Aliens on a lot is another of one. Yeah. 
Definitely. Well, we do something where we take a poll from the people and Logical Genius, if you could briefly let us know what the people had to say. Sure. So our, our fans, all three of them, um, a, <laughs> a list. but I'm going to mention some movies that they that we haven't mentioned that we haven't talked about. Um, one being Back to the Future 2. Yeah, I, I love Back to the Future, the whole entire franchise. Well, was, three, was I think, is the one most people enjoy better because two is a sequel prequel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the three was the Western, which, you know, I love Western. So they said, I, by Scott the way, I saw Back to the Future three in DC at an event called Back to the Back to the Back to the Future, where we watched <laughs> all three movies in a row the day they released. Back wow. To the oh, wow. Awesome. And they had the DeLorean there and everything. It was very cool. Another one that was mentioned, which uh, I love this movie as well Home Alone 2. Sure. Lost in New York. That that um, I mean, I've I've watched that every single year um, around Christmas. It's like a staple Christmas movie now. Someone mentioned the Indiana Jones movie, uh, like you mentioned. The Dark Knight came up, um, but a lot of it was some of, some of the ones we've already mentioned: The Godfather, The Dark Knight, The Lord of the Rings Two, the one I mentioned. So people, you know, like similar movies that we we've mentioned, and, and some couple of ones that we didn't mention. So, Laura, you are just all over the place and all into anything. We didn't even really get to even talk about your uh, new book that you've put out. Do you oh, want to yeah. briefly discuss that? So my eighth book, <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying that. My eighth book is my first true ebook where it was designed to be a, an ebook first and, mm -hmm. and only like I haven't designed the print version. Okay, it's called Writing Unblocked, how I went from writing one book in 20 years to five books in four years. And that is the result of me having this, um, I, you know, I, I have a master's degree in creative writing and English literature, and I mm -hmm. obviously came at writing from this very literary background, very literary perspective. And then I ended up in the entertainment industry and they have this other way of storytelling and this other way of dealing with deadlines and this other way of dealing with creativity. And so while I was in my 18 years in Los Angeles, I took three, three, three and a half years of writer's boot camp. I took, I, I did a lot of screenwriting. I did, I produced some movies. I directed some short films. I did, you know, so I did a lot of filmmaking in addition to being on the set of, you know, like a hundred movies. So that experience of taking everything that I knew from that literary world and that literary training and everything I knew, which got me, you know, 20 years to write one book, it's well-written, but it took 20 years to do everything that way. Mm -hmm. And then everything I knew about how to make things happen when you're on a schedule on a budget and it's raining and this boat just sank and you're, you know, whatever. <laughs> all that, I took all that and put it together and started writing differently myself. And once I had done it enough times in a row that I knew, oh no, I have changed. This is, now I feel like a religious zealot. I feel like if you just read this book, you'll be saved. I can save you. <laughs> I do, I feel like I can save you years and years and years of your life and tons of, of frustration and feeling inadequate to the task. Because what I figured out is you don't even have to be a great writer to write a great story. You don't, you don't even have to be like a good writer to write a good story. You can just know what it is you want to talk about and talk about it on paper. You know, mm -hmm. like you just need help figuring out the process. The number one thing that people 
wrestle with is they have an idea. They know they have a book in them. Everybody has a book in them. Everybody has at least one book in them. And so they know, or a movie or a, you know, whatever, a slideshow, whatever it is, but you have some story in you that you know you want to get out in some way other than telling it at the coffee table. And I have figured out how to help you do that, no matter whether you have, whether you're on the spectrum, whether you have a ton of writing experience, but you've never written a series and you want to figure out how to do that. And it's too big and unwieldy and scary, or, and you don't know how to be consistent or whether you're like, look, I just have a good idea. It's one sentence long. I don't know how to make it into something, but it's a really good one sentence idea. Like I can help any of those scenarios and everything in between because it's a, it's like a, it, there's no formula to the writing. There's, I'm not selling like some way to, uh, if you write this story yeah. this way, uh, no, I don't do any of that. You write your story your way. I have no idea. You could be writing a manual for your job. I have no interest in what it is you're actually writing. Mm -hmm. I just can tell you how to write it faster and with way more fun. Nice. I might, nice. I might have to pick that up because I write a lot yeah. for work. And I, the other day, I'm like, this this document's too long and I am boring myself right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's taking way too long to get to where I need to get to right now. Yeah, and you get lost and you get confused. You know how many people have the first two to 20 pages of a novel? Like everybody, everybody right. has two to 20 pages of a novel. I, have a story. I do have a story I want to tell. Yeah. So I can help you get it. <laughs> Nice. So if we wanted to purchase this book, how would we do that? Well, probably the easiest way to do it from if you're just listening would be to go to my website, lauracayouette.com. And there are links there that you can go look out at Writing Unblocked or the six video creating characters course that's designed to go with that to help you, you know, develop three dimensional, well-rounded, textured, individualized characters who actually move your story forward where the details mm. aren't just for the sake of a detail, the detail mm. is actually a story element. So, yeah. And, you know, when we talk about these stories that we're all in love with, all these movies that we've fallen in love with, one of the reasons that we've fallen in love with them is because of the characters, not yeah. just the stories. We will listen yeah. to a very long story that goes nowhere if the characters write, ask for us Gump. <laughs> right? Sure. Right? That, sure. Is that is the true. The plot to that movie is and then and, and, then, and then. Right? Forrest yeah. Gump is born and then Forrest Gump does this and then Forrest Gump meets this person and then Forrest Gump goes to this place and then, you know, it's just and then. That's wow. the plot. I have to and watch it again with that in mind. Yeah, and then he just kept on running. So. Right. <laughs> we're fascinated we're like what else will he do will he eat a chocolate <laughs> <laughs> so we will definitely put the link uh to laura's website in the episode description uh are, is there any social media you would like people to follow or anything well, of that I nature would, i can do this as well I, you social media wise i'm on twitter and i'm on facebook i have a public page and uh my my website does have links to all of my books and you can see, you know, stuff about my acting. There's a ton of photos and stuff up there. But uh, we, I, if you guys want, I can also give you the direct links to the Writing Unblocked. And if you do that, I could give you a little coupon for your listeners. Sure. Oh, great. Yes. Yeah, we would yeah. appreciate sure. that. I can give you a coupon for 20% off. Look at that. And uh, the Five Cents podcast 
is going to be the coupon code and i'm going to send that to you it's all caps five great. cents we'll share it we'll put it on all, all, all instagram and all social uh, so yeah that that will get you 20 percent off of the um ebook and off of the creating characters six video course uh i can't help with any of the stuff on amazon like no small parts or my mystery series um because amazon does not work and play well with others <laughs> so, yeah. amazon, amazon does its own thing amazon's yeah. its own beast at this point. yeah for sure so laura cayouette i want to say thank you although your decision making is quite questionable we do appreciate <laughs> you coming on to the show uh, I am going to go ahead and say good night to the people. And next time we'll just have to come better. Go All ahead, right. logical genius. Say good night to the people. Good night, everyone. And HLS, I can't even believe I'm saying this. I, I don't know. I don't know why. I can't HLS even believe is the people's champ. It was go watch today. The, go listen to the Thank last so much, few Laura. episodes. Then you know why. Thank you so much, Laura. Uh, we, we are here. You know, I used to be an actor, so maybe that's why we, no. we connected a little bit. Oh, God. I, listen, I was in a commercial at a vitamin store. Check the, check the records, okay? Yeah, what check the records. records. What yeah, records? Post your reel for us, please. I, I Are you I on IMDb? To. Are you may, on IMDb? I may Are have you? to. I may oh. have to. And Laura, please say goodnight to people. Oh, I know what I'm supposed to say here. Bye, Miss Laura. Ha, 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 ha,